there's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. All right, sports fans, the football season has come to an end, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be for all things hoops and hockey. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. You can join them each week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Saturday Hockey Same Game Parlay Bet and Get, Weekly Pro Basketball Bet and Get, and a whole lot more. You can check out betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game. Stormy Bonantoni and Sean King in for the guys live from Circa Resort and Casino. Getting back to some hoops in the association to help us break down everything that's going on with uh, what may happen after the All-Star break. We bring in Seth Partnow, athletic NBA writer, former director of basketball research for the Milwaukee Bucks. Hello, Seth. Thank you for joining us early this morning. Uh, thanks for having me. Well, uh, let's start in the East and the Bucks and Celtics. I feel like everyone kind of views this as a two-horse race. How do you see things atop the East? Um, I think that's about right. Those are the, the the two easy favorites. It would be it would be at this point, barring injuries, somewhat of a surprise if that wasn't the Eastern Conference Finals uh, matchup. Uh, what to make of that matchup when it happens? When and if it happens, it's hard to say. Um, in in large part because the, so much of the season, the Bucks have been playing without Chris Middleton, and he's still not up to full strength uh, in terms of of how much, how many minutes he can play on a nightly basis. Um, a lot of people in the series that they, in, in, in the series they played in last year's playoffs was Middleton not being available. Uh, the Celtics are also a better roster than they were last year. So if both teams at full strength, um, I certainly want to see seven games of that. I think that would be, uh, extremely entertaining and competitive. It's interesting. I do think there's something to the Cavs. I really liked when they made the Donovan Mitchell, Move this offseason, and he has not disappointed, averaging a tick over 27 points a game. But they also have Darius Garland. Then they have the two big guys in Mobley and Allen. 
if Boston or Milwaukee slip up, is Cleveland the next team in line, or do you think it's someone else, maybe the Sixers? My biggest worry for the Cavs is there is not really a lot of precedent for a team with as little playoff experience as they have in amongst their key players. Aside from Mitchell, um, no one who's really going to get minutes for them has, has a lot of playoff experience. And if you look at the last 20 years, really, only a couple teams have progressed far in the playoffs with that. And, and we're talking about like some of the early Warriors runs, and I don't think we're ready to compare this Cavs team to, to, you know, the, 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 the early Warriors championships. And then the, uh, the sons of a couple of years ago when it was kind of a weird year, um, could they maybe, you know, have that kind of run perhaps, but I think it's less likely. Um, I think I would probably just based on the level of experience, think that Philly has a, has a better shot than Cleveland does at least this year, next year, it's going to be a whole different story for the Cavs. I think. Can you talk a little bit more to that? Why you think the future is so bright for them? Um, I think the ages of their players, uh, there's there's a certain learning aspect of how to deal with playoff basketball. The sort of the the dynamics of playing the same team seven times over the course of two weeks, how you have to change and expand your game. Um, and I think that getting that experience for a Darius Garland, for an Evan Mobley, who is um, – Really, the, the the important piece in in the Cavs' evolution is Evan Mobley kind of starting to really deliver on on the two way potential everyone thinks he has, um, possible Defensive Player of the Year type player as well as 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 expanding offensive game over the years. Um, so so yeah, I think it's just it's, it's gaining that experience and also just one more year to. Uh, have the ability to fill some of the other holes in their roster. Um, they've had a problem at small forward kind of all year. Tried to have tried to fill it by committee, uh, signing Danny Green off the the buyout market to try to fill that. And I think that you know the off season will give them a chance to to possibly upgrade that position and you know go into the playoffs with a with a really solid five man unit instead of four guys you are really happy with and sort of hoping for the best out of that fifth spot. Seth Partnow, former NBA analyst, uh, current NBA analyst for the Athletic, former Milwaukee Bucks executive. I remember back in 2017, the Sixers created this thing called tanking, or at least that's how I remember it. I could be off on who started it, but it's all culminated in what they have now. Is Embiid, Harden, Maxi enough? I know they haven't been yet, but... Can they get hot? Is there any chance that this 76ers team can come out of the East? I think so. I mean, you start with Joel Embiid. It's a little bit of a cliche that, that in an NBA playoff series, best player wins. Um, but there's a, enough truth to it that you have to be mindful of it. And in any given series, Joel Embiid can be the best player against any team, any other player. Um, so that gives them a chance right there. I think the biggest question for them is, are they going to play like a James Harden team or a Joel Embiid team when it kind of gets down to the end of the playoff game? The more they're playing through Embiid and, and catering to his style, I think the better chance they have. I think we've seen kind of uh, in the past the ways in which uh, sort of the James Harden dribble the clock down, shoes has run into problems uh, later on in the playoffs. 
Um, they certainly have, have the talent. It's just whether or not they can really lean on their best player um, instead of their second best player um, a, as much as they need to in, in those key moments. So I got a question. There are some young teams that have been accumulating picks, Rockets, Pistons, you know, some teams that aren't very good now, Magic. Which one of these teams do you think we can back after the All-Star game? Like, who's got enough momentum? They're going to be in an underdog role, but they can pull some upsets. Like, they have the, the, the talent, but also the focus and the desire to actually, you know, have a good second half of the NBA season. I'll give you two teams. You mentioned the Magic, and I think the Magic have been uh, exciting and, and frisky and not completely out of range of, of making the play-in. Um, so that's one. And the other, the other team is the Oklahoma City Thunder, who uh, probably have the, the most unknown star in the NBA in, in Shea Gilders-Alexander. Um, and, and they are also sort of right on the edge of, of the uh, of playing contention. And I think both teams have easily enough talent, especially if other teams pick up injuries or, you know, in the case of, of a team like Utah, maybe chooses to go a different direction for the rest of their season. Uh, they can they can certainly be in games and maybe even make up enough ground to to you know make the make the play in. and once you get to that point, you know, perhaps even make the playoffs. In the Western Conference, Seth, Phoenix all of a sudden is now the hammer. They bring in Kevin Durant, joining Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and just you, you imagine that this team is built to win a championship all of a sudden or at least win the West. Why, in your mind, is Denver, despite like leading the West right now, having what's potentially going to be a three-time MVP in Nikola Jokic, why... Are they not considered the favorite in your eyes? Does Kevin Durant really make that big of a difference that the, it's the Suns or bust in the West? Oh, I. If, if you're asking me, I think Denver is, is, should still be favored. Um, I, I make the finals preseason, and there's been very little that's happened over the course of the season to, to change my mind. Um, on paper, the Suns are certainly very strong. Um, we haven't seen these guys play together. Um, now, Kevin Durant is one of the more plug-and-play superstars we've ever seen. But still don't know how that team works because a little bit like the Cavs we mentioned earlier, they have those four players, and then everything after that is a giant question mark. How are they going to be able to stop anybody is, is certainly a big question. Three of their top four players have had you know, consistent injury concerns. Um, which is something you know we have to we have to account for. Healthiest team often wins in the playoffs, and the Suns in in Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, and even Devin Booker have had a lot of recent injury history. So I think that um, while acknowledging sort of the the top end talent that Phoenix obviously has, uh, it's not a straight line from from there to the from there to the finals. There, there's a lot of things that still have to go their way. Now, if you said that they were out equivalence, you know, you think that their chances and Nuggets' chances, and you know, whatever you think of Memphis, are about the same. I, you know, I'm I'm not going to argue with you, but if you're asking me who I'm taking today, it's, it's going to be the Nuggets. Seth, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate you talking it over with us. And thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Great stuff, Seth Partnow, the Athletic NBA analyst over there, former executive with the Milwaukee Bucks. The top four teams in the West right now. 
in order, Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, and Phoenix in terms of the odds. The Suns, the favorite, plus 235. Nuggets, plus 390. Clippers sitting there at plus 475, followed by the Mavs at plus 750 with the addition of Kyrie. He made me feel good because I'm actually a Magic fan, and I haven't had a lot to root for. But (laughs) obviously, Paolo Banchero's been amazing. We got Wagner. We got some really good young pieces. It'll be exciting if they can start, you know, putting it together a little bit after the uh, All-Star break and and, and win some games down the stretch. That'll be neat. When you you talked about injury history um, with the stars of the Suns, I immediately just thought of injury history with the Clippers and the teams that I'm trying to back. Um, I think that they're going to be able to get through it, though, Sean, unlike your Warriors. Well, they'll have Russell Westbrook coming off the uh, bench. Stop. I don't. uh, I just don't understand that. I even saw something on Twitter that um, was saying that the odds might lengthen (laughs) if they (laughs) added him. Oh, no. I I just don't want that. I think that they've got a good enough core that – if they stay healthy and can put it together, that they'll be a contender in the West. I do believe that. We're going to find out. Yeah, with the Suns, we just we haven't seen it yet. So once Kevin Durant is healthy, once he's back out there on the court after the All-Star break, then we can make that determination. Sound good? Yeah, sounds good. All right, quick break. We'll be back with more Follow the Money after this. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college hoops, the VEASAN experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to the daily recap of top plays made from show hosts and guests. Tools like betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the year, including bracket breakdowns, top plays, and props daily. Don't miss out. This is a limited time offer. Visit vsin.com slash subscribe to sign up. Again, just $9.99. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. 
no more association. It is time to talk college hoops. Excited to bring in Terrence Oglesby, uh, the Field of 68 College Hoops analyst. You can catch him coming up this month on ESPNU and FS1 covering a number of different teams, including the ye old Mountain West that you know I love so much. Welcome in, Terrence. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. Thank you so much. First time uh, being on the show, so thank you for having me. Yes, excited to have you. Also, a former Clemson guard, played professional overseas, so excited to get your player's perspective as well in this one. Uh, first of all, can you take us through why, oh, why it is so hard for a top team in the country to stay a top team in the country? Down goes number one. Down goes number three. Purdue's lost three of their last four. What's going on in college hoops this year? I just think the talent base is much broader this year. I think the extra year of eligibility gave teams that don't typically have as much talent uh, at least comparable talent. And whatever happens, coaching starts to take over, right? And even though Purdue is really, really good, they're still young and they're playing against a team in Maryland that have a bunch of older guards and they held Zach Eady fairly in check. I think the biggest thing is, as you look at this season, instead of there being three or four really good teams where you're thinking, hey, they could win a national championship, I think it's closer to 10 to 12 teams this season that could get hot and win six games in a row. And a lot of it has to do with that extra year of eligibility that helps so much. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm looking around, and you know, every time I fall in love, uh, they give me a reason to fall out of love just <laughs> as fast. Uh, one team that had high expectations coming in, they've been pretty solid. A couple losses but you would expect that is Houston. Does Houston have enough offense when we get to the tournament to really, really have a legit shot to win it all? I really think they do, and a lot of it has to do with Marcus Sasser. I know he hasn't been the guy that a lot of people thought he was going to be coming into this season, but at the same time, he dealt with some injuries early in the year. And, guys, basketball season's different. I mean, you guys know this. It's not 11 games and out. You're playing 33, 34 games, depending on how deep you go. And you're going to drop some. That's just going to happen. Where Houston's going to do well is they control their controllables about as well as anybody. It looks like it hurts to play Houston. Every cut is bumped. Every box out is hit. Every rebound is crashed. And it's just the fact that Kelvin Sampson has those guys doing those little things with such consistency that changes what their opponents have to prepare for it. They have to embrace 40 minutes of really getting after it. And then you have an end-of-the-game guy, Marcus Sasser, who can create something out of nothing, which in the NCAA tournament is really important because offenses break down. It's really heavily scouted. Players know what they're going to go up against offensively. It really comes down to who has that individual talent. Houston has that individual talent, both with Sasser and this freshman All-American, Jarris Walker, who has been terrific all season as well. You know, Terrence, another team that I'm really high on, and they're coming off of, a, I mean, just a runaway win versus Utah last night, is Arizona. Because they do have length. They have wing skill. The one thing that worries me is I just don't trust Krissa at times. He turns the ball over a little too much for my, for my taste. But, but is Arizona strong enough to win it all as well? I think they certainly are. When you're that big and you still play that fast, guys, they're knights in the country in adjusted tempo. This is an Arizona team that flies up and down the floor. And Azulis Tabellas, despite being 6'10", 240 pounds or whatever he is. He's like, a baller. He's able – he is really, really good, and he's really fast. And he has the ability to guard out on the perimeter. The only thing – I'm going to agree with you with Kirk Creesa. He's the uh, – I think the nice way to put this is an emotional wrecking ball. 
<laughs> because you don't really know what you're going to get from one day to the next. But when Kirk Kreese is really good, uh, he can turn a game on its head, and that's something that you like to have as a coach. But game comes down to the end, you're in an Elite Eight game. It could be tough to kind of rein him in a little bit and find ways uh, to get other guys involved. Because Kirk Kreese, every time he walks on the floor, he feels like he's the best player on the floor. And I respect that. That's how I felt. And to be honest with you guys, when I was playing at Clemson, I was a good player, but I was – easily the third, maybe fourth best player on the floor for our own team. I love an irrational confidence guy, but Kirk Creason takes that to another level, almost to the detriment of Arizona sometimes. Interesting, interesting. When, what are some characteristics of, of a team that is able to go all the way, and when's the right time to get hot? Like That's what I'm trying to figure out as we get closer and closer to conference tournament time. Like Is now the time where you need to be in stride to have success when you get to the league tournaments, or, or when do you need to be in that proper zone? Well, you need to start creeping back in that direction, right? I, I think the ideal time to hit your low is at the beginning of January, middle of January, and then you can kind of start creeping back to what you figure out works for you. Uh, and then whenever you're playing a team, I, for example, let's bring up UConn, who hit went on a three-game losing streak and lost four out of five between uh, January 11th and January 15th. Well, now they've reeled off three out of their last four, starting to play better. And sometimes when you go on some of these losing streaks, it expedites your learning curve a little bit to where, hey, we need to fix it now. I always compare this to a couple of years ago where Kentucky went undefeated for what was it, 34-0, and 35-0. and Some of their mistakes were still mistakes in January and February, but the problem was, was because they were winning, it wasn't that big of a deal. What happens, they go and lose. I think it was in the final four. I don't have those right in front of me, but you can hide small issues when you're winning. Sometimes it takes a few losses to kind of get back in the right right frame of mind and to find out, hey, this is where we need to improve in order to win the big one. So if you, to answer your question, and I know I went on a tangent right there, <laughs> get to the end of February. If that's when you're playing well, that's when you can make a run. You know, something that's not talked about a lot, Terrence, Mike Krzyzewski retired, Jay Wright retired at Villanova. A lot of the old guard, the guys that I knew I could trust to make the right decisions – are no longer on the sideline. Who has the coaching advantage come March that also has a team that you think is capable? You know what? That's an awfully tough one. There are holes everywhere. I think the guy you look at right now has to be Matt Painter at Purdue. And even though they've lost a few here lately, he just has that acumen to be able to put his guys in the right spot. And I was wondering when it was going to slow down a little bit for them because – uh, Lawyer and Braden Smith, those are young guys playing in an old league in the Big Ten. Eventually, with all the coaches in that league, they're, they're going to falter some. Uh, I, I, if I had to give it to one person right now, today, it's hard for me to go away from two guys in the Big 12. That's Scott Drew and Bill Self. Both have won national championships recently. Scott Drew has guards that can really play. Bill Self has Jalen Wilson, who's a first-team All-American in my mind. Uh you gotta, you got to linger a little bit towards the Big 12 because of their recent success in the past six or seven years. So to answer your question, it's still wide open. We don't really have that voice that everybody looks to as the end-all, be-all, like we looked at Coach K for a long time. Uh, I think there's a few other voices that are starting to step up and be heard in that same category, and I think one of them is Ed Cooley at Providence. The only thing is he's in Providence, Rhode Island, 
and not the head coach at Duke or not the head coach at Kentucky, but he's a guy that a lot of people look at and be like, well, yeah, that makes sense. We could work with that. Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, a lot of blue blood programs that are on the outside looking in at this point. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if some of these are even going to make the tournament. Like if, if Kentucky doesn't have a lot of success and start figuring things out, are, are they going to be stuck out of this thing? Like which of those programs do you think has the best opportunity to get into the tournament and make something happen? I'm going to be honest with you, Stormy. I don't understand the net metrics for anything. I'm trying my best. But it seems like every time I look at them and somebody wins, they drop three spots. So you can ex- try to explain to me how that works. Uh, I'm not sure how all, everything, all these things go. I hate that metric. And I, I I'm, say that tongue-in-cheek. I obviously understand what happens. They have to win by 10 points but at, you know, to improve their rankings. But at what point have you ever talked to a coach and the coach be like, well, I hope we beat the spread. I hope we win by 10. No, w- winning is hard enough. I think it's a crazy metric, to be honest with you guys. But if you look at Kentucky, they've been wildly inconsistent, and they don't really have any marquee wins. Some of their wins in the non-conference, I mean, a Michigan win on a neutral floor, does that really help you? No, it, it really doesn't at this point. Uh, Kentucky's going to find a way in because they're not going to be towards the bottom of their conference. They're 8-5 and five in league. They have a big one at home against Tennessee. I'm not worried about Kentucky. I'm not necessarily worried about Duke because they have some quality non-conference wins. The one I worry about more than anything, guys, is North Carolina. And at some point, I said this the other day, it, it's at what point do you become what you consistently do? Like we're expecting them to be really, really good consistently, and they just haven't been that this year. Terrence, you are awesome. Great Thank stuff, you so much dude. for the time. I appreciate you. That is Terrence Oglesby, college hoops analyst. You can catch him tonight on ESPNU game at Siena. Um, plus money price on the Kentucky Wildcats to make the tournament. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Sports fans, remember Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be for hoops and hockey. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. You can join them each week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Saturday Hockey Same Game Parlay Bet and Get, Weekly Pro Basketball Bet and Get, and more. Check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game. Stormy Tony and Sean King live from Circus Sportsbook, where Sean just repeatedly keeps on telling me and showing me written down on sheets of paper that Puck Stradamus knows things. Facts. Okay. Well, you know who knows things better than you do is EJ Raddick. So thank goodness we have a great guest to help cool your jets a little bit. NHL Network senior reporter and host, host NHL Now for Eastern weekdays. Welcome in, EJ. Can we please, like, just set this man in his place if we can? Well, I don't know. Puckstradamus is, like, I mean, that's pretty well known. So <laughs> I... I, I don't know. We'll just have to see what I can do. I, I was EJ, counting I'm a, on I'm a, you. I'm a man of the people, EJ. Uh, Stormy, she's upset because uh, she's looking at this Eastern Conference, and she all she sees is Boston. And I'm telling her that it's much more than Boston, that nothing comes out of the East without, first of all, going through Tampa. But I also think that Carolina is awfully darn good as well. Boston had a tremendous first half of the season. How does the Eastern Conference play out in the second half? in your opinion? Well, 
it's hard. I mean, it's, there's, there's, I mean, four or five or six of the best teams in the league are all in the East. It seems like. I mean, Boston's had an unbelievable year. So you got to you look at them. I mean, a team that's lost, uh, you know what? I mean, eight games in regulation through the first part of the first fifty-four games. I mean, that's that's significant. So they've got you got to rate them the edge. I like the thing too that gets under maybe underappreciated about, about the Bruins is both those goaltenders, especially uh, Allmark has been terrific this year. Maybe you know you look at the Bruins and you're saying, well, they're winning these games, they're just blowing everybody out, but. You watch a lot of the games up close, you realize they're getting a lot of good saves, a lot of big saves and a lot of good play from their goaltenders. But you got them, you got Toronto and Tampa right there. Tampa, we know what they've done, been to the finals three straight years, won two cups. Toronto's got a good team, but they haven't been able to find their way out of the first round, mainly because they keep running into either Boston or Tampa. And then on the east, in the uh, in the Metro, you got Carolina, New Jersey, and the Rangers. And... You know, this is the, the well, amongst these six teams. I guess we're going to see what else teams do before the deadline on March third, the trade deadline, to help their team. But uh, you know, I know you guys have been talking about the Rangers a little bit. I like the Rangers, so I think the Rangers. But I, I do think they're they haven't been able to get like last year. They got to the conference finals. That's a big run. Sometimes you, it takes a little. There takes some bumps along the road before you get there and, and win it all. But I think when you look on paper. Great goaltender, really good group of defense, top nine group of forwards that's really hard to deal with. Uh, you know, I like that group. So I think it's kind of a toss-up. Boston seems to be the favorite because of the way they've played, but matchups and injuries in the playoffs are the big thing, and we'll see how it plays out when we get there. You know, Panarin and Zabonajet, they're cute. Uh, I mean, they're Oh, young. my gosh. They're cute, EJ. He's, I just, out here, he's out here <laughs> telling me Patrice Bergeron could maybe be a second or third line player for Tampa. Well, he's saying facts. Miko Zabonajet um, is cute. Here, like, let's... Uh, here, we can't the, trust uh, a word this man says. Here's the issue I have with the Rangers. Uh, Shesterkin has not been as good this year as he was last, in my opinion. And their power play is tremendous, but outside of that, I, I think they struggle at times offensively. Do you see the same things, or, or am I, you know, watching the wrong game? Well, I would say this. I mean, I, I came into this year, you know, we all have to make predictions at the start of the year because that's what we do. So a lot of my picks this year weren't great because this has been a strange year. <laughs> the one thing I think has been a really good pick was that the I think the Rangers, I think they were going to face more adversity this year. Teams know they're coming now. Last year, there was a little bit of a surprising year. Everything went well. Kreider had 52 goals. Shesterkin at this time last year was at about 940 save percentage, which is kind of unsustainable for the most part based on the history of this game. This year, there would be some more bumps in the road, a little more adversity, but I think that will serve them well come playoff time. And I think it's kind of played out that way. There was a tough start to the year. Some of the guys are not performing as well. Kreider's not getting 50 goals this year. And to your point, Shesterkin has had there's been a little bit more struggle for him. He's still played very well. He just hasn't been like out of this world like he was last year. But I think all that stuff serves you well when it comes playoff time. They added Tarasenko now. Um, they have a, a really, like I said, their top nine group of forwards. It's it's hard to kind of deal with them. They're all they have some really high end players, and they have some young players that because you can't focus your checkers on them, the guys like Lafreniere and Kako and and uh, and Heedle, they get to benefit from good matchups in the postseason. And I think their group of defensemen is as good a group as there is when you when you go down the line and you have uh, Fox and and Lindgren as one pair. You got Miller and Truba as another pair. They added Mikola. The kid Schneider is going to be a really good player. 
So I like their team. Now, I, I just do think, though, I mean, the East is a bear. Mm-hmm. And just like I think they could get to the final and maybe win the whole thing, they could just as easily, if they play New Jersey in the first round, they could just as easily get knocked off by a Devils team that is really fast. And that's what I talk about, Bob, when I say matchups. Like, when you match up in the first round, who are you playing? Are you getting a favorable matchup or are you getting a matchup that is, is a tricky one? And the Devils, if they play the Rangers and both sides are healthy, the problem for the Rangers is the Devils play really fast. They push you on your heels, and they can create a matchup problem because of the speed. So I like the Rangers, but none of those teams that we've talked about, of those six, Boston, Toronto, Tampa, Carolina Rangers, and Devils, if you tell me any of those six are in the final, I got no problem with it because I think they're all really good teams. That's what I like about Tampa, though, Stormy, that they're matchup proof. I hate you. They really are. You know what? We That's are. a great point. Yeah, because you have a great you have a great goalie. You almost always, I would say, you probably always have the edge in goal because of your goal. Yep. You look at the top. You look at the top defenseman, Hedman. Victor Hedman. There's not very many teams that have a top defenseman like Victor Hedman. You get through the group a little bit more. It thins out because they've had cap challenges, but it's still a good group of defensemen. And up front, they've got they've got a great group of forwards. And you know, again, they're 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 slotted in the right way. So. I think there's something to that. There's, they're, they're a tricky matchup because they have a lot of advantages, and that's why they've been to the Cup Final three years in a row. They find ways to win. They've got a great coach. They got a lot. There's absolutely a million positives about the Lightning, and they're going to be hard to deal with as well. EJ, you're not helping my cause here. He's just trolling me every time we cut away. Um, speaking to the, uh, the trade deadline coming up, though, on March 3rd, who are some teams that you're hearing could potentially be a little bit aggressive here as we approach the deadline? Well, I mean, I think Vegas is always aggressive. I mean, you know that story. You do a lot of work with the Golden Knights. I mean, Bill Foley, the owner in that group, they they were trying to win yesterday. So, I mean, they, they're aggressive, and, uh, you know, they've got a little room to play with with Mark Stone's situation. So uh, they might be in the mix. I think Dallas, when I look at them, they're a team that I like their team, but they always seem to be one goal short in a lot of games against other good teams. You know, when they played Tampa recently, you lose by a goal. One goal at the end with an empty net. You play, uh, play Boston. Boston the other night. You yeah. lose in overtime. You play the Rangers. You lose in overtime. You play the Devils. You lose in overtime. They seem like they're one goal short against some of these good teams. So, you know, they've been linked in some by some to Patrick Kane. I don't know if Kane, you know, has, has made up his mind what he exactly wants to do. But I mean, that seems like either of those spots actually, Dallas or Vegas, could be a good spot for Patrick Kane. So I think Dallas will be will looking at things. L.A., now those teams in the Pacific, I think they're all kind of looking at maybe adding a piece or two. But with the cap so tight, the only thing I can think of is that we're getting to March 3rd is that teams are really maybe just waiting until they get right up against it so they can incur as less, you know, less money. You know, with every day, money ticks off contracts, and you're taking on less money for your own cap. So... When you acquire a guy on March 3rd, it costs you less and you're, you're, you take less of a cap hit when, than when you acquire him on February 10th. But there's a cost to that as well because now the player is not able to uh, kind of assimilate into your group uh, as quickly as maybe you would hope getting ready for the postseason. So I, 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 it'll be really, it's going to be an interesting deadline, Stormy. It's going to be as interesting a, a trade deadline as I've seen in quite a while just because of the cap challenges for different teams and because there's, a lot of interesting players on the market, and it's really tight right now. I, we all have our, our feelings about who we think is going to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if there, there's at least seven, eight teams that I think have a really legitimate chance to win the Stanley Cup. 
going to be an exciting back half of the season. Real quickly, we've only got about 45 seconds left, but you're out there in Raleigh getting set for the outdoor game tomorrow. What can fans expect? Well, I think it's going to be a really great night for the community here in Raleigh. It's 25 years of of hockey here with with the Carolina Hurricanes, and this is a huge event for them. I mean, these outdoor games, you know, we've seen a bunch of them over the last 15 years or so, so maybe on a national stage it's not something new. But in each individual market, when you have an event like this, it's, it, it's an event, and it's a big deal for the hockey fans in the market. So I think they're going to put on quite a show. And the Canes have been playing really good hockey, and they catch the Capitals team right now that is really struggling, that's missing some key players. Ovechkin's not here due to the, the death of his dad, so our condolences to, to the Ovechkins. And John Carlson is out still. Tom Wilson is out. So, I mean, it's a challenge right now for the Caps. EJ, thank you so much Great for the stuff, time. I appreciate EJ. you. All right, thanks. Those outdoor games are awesome. Canes, 11-1-1, their last 13 games. Puckstradamus does not know best, and I will prove it to you when our in-pocket plays get turned around on the other side of this break. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. He knows the quarterback was on coke if his girlfriend was not coke. These games are a burial, a blowout, a human lock. You can bet your children's, unborn children's children on these games! I was so good that whenever I bet, I could change the odds for every bookmaker in the country. All right, time for In Pocket. Even though my nickname is not Puckstradamus, I still did well on the ice last night, had the Bruins can, in regulation. Can I make a point? Because I'm getting beat up on Twitter. Mm. I was just joking, people, okay? Mm. I know Bergeron is a frontliner. I was just joking. I have a lightning future. Stormy has a Bruins. So anything He's I can do to like me. put a ceiling on this Bruins season, I'm me. doing it. Patrice Bergeron, that third... 
Berger on that third liner scored a goal last night, <laughs> by the way. Uh, yeah, but the Bruins, cash and regulation, minus 120, no problem. 5 nothing. Jeremy Swayman was in net instead of Olmark, who got the night off. 29 saves, his second shutout of the season. Bruins now on pace for what could be a league record 62 wins this season. Uh, so another big win. Nashville is just really having a little bit of a slump right now. And the Florida Panthers get it done as well. 6-3, six, six different goal scorers for Florida here. And as EJ Raddick told us moments ago, you know, no Alex Ovechkin, no Tom Wilson. The Caps are, you know, dealing with significant injuries right now, not playing themselves. We'll see them in action tomorrow night. Plus the Panthers in the Capitals. That's yeah. That, so now it's dominate. what? Six straight and seven of the last 11 matchups, I believe, yeah, I that Florida right. has beat the Caps. So, And then both of us were on Arizona last night, minus 10, a number that grew to minus 11 and a half, but a big redemption spot. Arizona had just come off the loss to Stanford, which was embarrassing. They wanted redemption after Utah handed them their first loss of the season earlier this year. And uh, despite being a big favorite, got it done in a big way. So happy that that one came through. And like strategically, I think in college hoops, that is a good way to approach when you're like looking down a slate of a ton of, of, of hoops games because every night it feels like there's a bunch. It's like, okay, where is there a revenge spot? Where is there a letdown spot? Try to find different different ways to get into things. As far as action I have tonight, I'm still just kind of figuring out, tooling what I want to do. I'm looking at the freeway face-off with the Ducks and Kings. I think maybe Kings puck line, maybe Kings in regulation could be an option for me. The Rangers as well, um, eyeing them potentially. One six in a row, they're eight, one and one, their last 10. They've got the Oilers tonight. Edmonton did win their one previous matchup earlier this season, but they've been a little bit ticky-tack lately and the Rangers are rolling. So those are a couple games I'm looking at, but nothing official in pocket as of yet, Sean. Uh, I'm the same way. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at RealSeanKing. Puckstradamus will post my plays a little bit later in the day. Let's start with the good here. I was on Arizona as well. Uh, never in doubt. Rocking chair win in college basketball. Also, shout out to the fighting Patrice Bergeron, who got it done in regulation. <laughs> Man, he looked good on that lightning second line. Uh, Bruins picked up right where they left off before the All-Star break. Uh, well, they actually went into also break a little down, losing games in Florida to the Lightning Panthers and then going to Charlotte and losing to the Hurricanes. But they've picked it up since the All-Star break, playing good football, playing good hockey. Jets. That football brain here. I know, right? The Jets <laughs> sleptwalk through the first period and right. just never could get it going. Blue Jackets are not a good team. I, I don't know how they lost this game. I was just dead wrong in the Devils versus the Blues. Blues played really well. And listen, I had the Flames in regulation, but we may have to pay attention to the young kids in Detroit. The Red Wings, five straight wins. You're going to get some good prices on them moving forward. So maybe that's a team that's going to be an underdog that we can start to back a little as we move forward. Yeah, Scotiabank's not an easy place to play, so props to them for, for getting the win. In Pocket, presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown sports book. You can check out their daily specials posted afternoon Eastern at betrivers.com. A reminder as well, even though we didn't have anything official right there, every single day, every show host, every guest pick that comes on is available at vcin.com on the picks page, as well as if you're a subscriber, you get that email from Bill AD every single day with all of the selections in there. Um, we do have some football headlines that came through, which I feel like is going to be the norm every day. There's going to be something popping up, but Adam Schefter putting out there that instead of being released, 
Aaron Jones of the Packers is going to stay in Green Bay this season um, after the Packers and his agents, Drew Rosenhaus and Ryan Matha, reach an agreement to an $11 million salary for the 2023 season that includes an $8.52 million signing bonus. Schefter reports he'll have two years remaining on his contract, and this has been, a, uh, excuse me, but this year has been adjusted, so a retooling of Aaron Jones' contract in Green Bay. Yeah, they must be trying to clear up some uh, cap space to do some other things uh, from a roster management standpoint. Uh, he's an outstanding player coming off another good year. Great uh, duo they have in that backfield with Jones and Dylan. Absolutely. Another headline that comes through the Commanders and Chiefs. I don't like this. Okay. So Ian Rappaport puts out there that Eric Bieniemy, and so the Chiefs and, and Commanders are potentially like dating here. Uh, it's trending toward a direction where he could be the new offensive coordinator in Washington. And I conceptually hate that because all that Eric Bieniemy has done is help the Chiefs get to five AFC championships, win a pair of Super Bowls, and help develop that offense around Patrick Mahomes that has led to ultimate success for Kansas City. That is a lateral move. That is a step down, if anything. And just because of a situation where maybe he feels like he is forced to prove himself because he's had Patrick Mahomes and that people are saying Patrick Mahomes is the offense, not Eric Bieniemy. I really, really do not like this. I think the only way that he should leave Kansas City is if it's for a head coaching job. I think um, I'm not going to push back on that because I think that would be fine. I think if he just decided to stay in Kansas City, you know, for as long as he wants, that would be fine too. I think what he knows is whatever the perception is of him in Kansas City, it's not working for him as a springboard to get a head coaching job. Nick Sirianni hired Jonathan Gannon and I can never pronounce his last name. Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen to be his coordinators in Philly, and it didn't take long for them to get head coaching opportunities. Eric Bieniemy has been with Andy Reid for a while now, has uh, been to three Super Bowls, won two, still has not gotten a head coaching opportunity. So he looks at the Commanders, a team that was 8-8-1. Eight, eight and one. Uh, Me and Eric do talk. Uh, he knows I'm really high on Sam Howell. I had Sam Howell rated as the number one quarterback in last year's draft. So you're getting a young quarterback. You have some good pieces in Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, the rookie from Penn State, all have shown a lot of talent. So, Stormy, I think the idea, if he goes to the commanders, would be if I go to this Washington team in what could be a lame duck situation for Ron Rivera, considering if ownership changes hands, you'd imagine a new ownership group would hire a new head coach, which would then you know put your, your job security in peril, but... If I go and lead this team to the playoffs, then that's another feather in my cap. And now what can an owner say as far as why they shouldn't hire me as the potential head coach? I think that there is like high boom or bust potential, right? Because you could either turn around that offense and make it productive and do what we expect Eric Bieniemy would do anywhere because he has done that in Kansas City. Or like, let's say things don't go around. Like, I don't just don't know why I would ruin a good thing in, in my mind. Well, if I think you already... can always come back. You know, I know Matt Nagy left to be a head coach, but it didn't work in Chicago. Matt Nagy's back in Kansas City. If Eric was to go to Washington and it doesn't work, you know, Andy is a loyal guy. He could always go back to Kansas City because there are no limits on how many staffers you can have in the NFL. So you could create a position for him to return.
don't know. I just don't know if I like the idea of, I mean, you're already competing in, in a tough division. Like the, the NFC East ended up being the best division in football, yeah. arguably. And if he this puts year. Washington over the hump, I mean, it hadn't so worked. So that's the thing is it's either like, it's either going to work or it's not. I don't right. really feel like there's a middle ground there because if it's a middle ground or it doesn't go well, he's just digging himself a big hole. Like that offense has to be tremendous, I feel like, in my mind. I guess I look at it like, what are they going to not hire him as a head coach? Well, they're not hiring him as a head coach now. So, <laughs> I mean, only good can come out of it. I mean, what there, there, to me, there is no downside because he's not getting hired now with all the success they're having in Kansas City. I would give it one more year at least. Don't Maybe I'm him. crazy. But, yeah, I, that's that's how I see it. I feel like I would give it – I would give it one more year, especially because so much of the conversation around this has been from the outside looking in that he is deserving of a head coaching position and that he should be in one. And so if like, I was him, I would have taken that Colorado job in 2020. Really? Yes. That's his alma mater. They ultimately he turned it down. So they hired Carl Durrell. And, now, and that didn't work and out. And now Coach Prime <laughs> is there and he's turned it into like a destination spot. I think Eric Bieniemy would have had a, a big, big, big impact on that program as well. That's been a hard place for coaches to have success for a while now. A place that was, you know, national champion and all that. We got the right coach. It, I think they have it. You got to get players to come there. You get them on campus. But I've truly enjoyed this week hosting with yeah. you. It's been a pleasure. You're awesome. You're great. Um, maybe Patrice Bergeron could be uh, yeah, a, a yeah. frontliner for the Lightning. You're maybe. so funny. I'm going to team up with your partner, Tim Murray, for a couple days next week. But, yeah, thanks for everybody listening, watching, for hanging out with us this week, filling in for the guys. Sean, you'll be back for a part of the week next week. I'll be back for part of the week, too. But that's it for us together. Enjoy Miss your you, XFL opener. Thank you. Everybody have a good weekend. Enjoy your bets. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.